This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 30th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. How do we get more productivity out of higher education? One thing is clear, the task of measuring and rewarding productivity in higher ed has been complicated by government subsidies to institutions and students. Richard K. Vetter is a professor of economics at Ohio State University. We spoke earlier this month. Uh, there are lots of professors at the university level who are wastes of space. I think I have some experience with some of them. Uh, as was pointed out, uh, that these people, dodgers as they are as they're known, people who represent a relatively large amount of the cost for a university, at least for payrolls, and represent a relatively small amount of the output, how do you get to those people? How do you find out who they are and how do you gently recommend that they do something else? Well, some of them are tenured faculty, and the people with tenure have legal protections make it very difficult to dislodge. There are some people who teach at universities, or I guess don't teach much at universities, who uh, don't have tenure. You can identify fairly quickly in a quantitative sense who are doing relatively little. You can identify fairly quickly uh, in a quantitative sense who is not getting research monies. There's research that can go on at universities that is uh, you know, not funded by outside money, and there's activities that people do at universities like advise students and have administrative work and all. So not all people in, the, in this category are truly worthless or uh, uh, slackers. But it's fairly easy to identify who the people who are not uh, doing a lot is. And then the issue is, what do you do with them? Well, uh, in private business, the solution's simple. You get rid of them. You say goodbye. Maybe give them a year. If you're in business, you give them a month. In academia, we give them a year. But at least give them a, to say this is your last contract to move on. And we're very, very hesitant about doing this in academia. And we're, there is probably an excessive amount of job security, uh, which means an excessive rigidity of resource uh, resource alloc- resources don't get allocated as they should from the one task to another. Why is this at all within the purview of somebody like Rick Perry or any governor or any government agency? Well, I think government, of course, I think governments should generally get out of higher education. Higher education uh, is mainly benefits individuals who participate in it, not the public at large. It's a private good more than a public good. And I think the subsidization of higher education has not achieved either of the two main goals, one of which is to promote economic growth, economic development, the other which is to bring about a more equal society, greater equality of opportunity. If you look at the data, neither one is being achieved. So in a sense, Rick Perry shouldn't be involved. But in another sense, as the state of Texas has decided, in spite of all this, to spend all this money on it, I guess Rick Perry ought to get involved. There's a lot of state money involved. And so Rick Perry says, well, if we're going to give you all this state money, at least we want to be sure we're making uh, good use of it. Now, Rick Perry, by the way, has not in in any case that I know of explicitly said, get rid of this faculty member or that faculty member. But he's, he's asked for data that would make it easy to reach some sort of conclusions about things like that. And I think data, more data is better than less data. In higher education, there are whole departments that uh, 
in some sense just don't deliver a lot of value to the university at large? Is there some concern that in an attempt to sweep out those who are less productive uh, by whatever metric you want to use, that you're going to be taking away uh, educational opportunities that that ought to ought to remain, and it's like, like a classical education. Well, there are a lot of there's a mismatch in between what universities do and what labor markets are asking that they do. There's a mismatch between the number of anthropology or history majors and so forth, and the number of jobs available in those fields. Now, a case can be made, and I think a fairly good case can be made, that these people that major in some of these disciplines are learning a good bit anyway. They may, even if we don't need historians, we need people who can think and can write and so forth. But uh, I think that we, have, we are probably spending far too many much public resources, and I would even argue private resources, on higher education in the United States that there are a lot of people who are going to college that probably shouldn't go to college. And, and maybe we ought to do away with some degree programs and so forth. Uh, PhD in history programs uh, are probably too many in number, for example. We need some. We want to uh, keep a scholarly study of uh, what has happened to our civilization and our society. But do we need 150 of these programs? Could we get by with 50? My guess is we could. So I think where there ought to be some wholesale uh, cutting of some of these programs. But I don't think universities themselves are going to do it. I think that the, it's going to come mostly from the outside. It's going to take outside forces because universities uh, are vested interests. Uh, they want to do what they're doing. They have no desire to reform. There's no gains to them in terms of – I mean efficiency is nothing that interests them. It's a cost to them. Uh, it means higher teaching loads. It means not teaching what we want to teach. And that, uh, that just doesn't go over very well. So it's going to take outsiders, and maybe in the public university that is partially the political process. Uh, but it's going to take outsiders that are going to have to say – just say no to giving more money to higher ed. I think the way you, you change things is you cut off the money, the fuel supply. Okay, and that was going to be my next question is, is how should that outside force uh, come? Yeah. You're saying cut the money – uh, so essentially get the government out of higher ed, as you indicated. Yeah, I would move in that direction. It can't happen overnight. And an intermediary step would be to re get rid of subsidies to institutions, to universities, and give money to the people that you want who are using university services, and that's mainly students. For example, instead of giving money to the, a university uh, and operating subsidies, give take that money and divide it up and give it to the students and let them choose where they want to go to school. That empowers the students. It's equivalent of a voucher system or a scholarship uh, system that's often talked about at the K through 12 level. What benefit does a student get out of uh, going to a school that's going to be providing a more efficient education if they're not going to uh, reap rewards beyond the quality of the education. Well, if, if you have, in the long run, if you have efficient education, you're going to have lower cost education. Now, whether this means lower cost to the students or not is, is an issue. You know, who, who pays the cost? And it may well be the students should pay the cost. They are the ones that are deriving the benefits. So my in, in a perfect world to me, 
if a cost of a higher education degree was 20, were $20,000 a year, or 20000 a year, yes, the student would pay 20000 a year or close to 20000 a year. Why should third parties subsidize this activity? Richard K. Vetter is a professor of economics at Ohio State University. You can learn more about how to fix higher ed at our website, cato.org.